0: Yeah. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come. thee every hour In Peace.
1: Chapter five, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were going out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch me out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the, the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net brake. And they beckoned unto the, unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled the boat, filled both the ships so that they began to sink. <laughs> When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Mm. <clears throat>
2: All right, let's return back to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, wonderful account of a miracle here. Being a fisherman of sorts, I've always loved this account. I certainly know what it's like to fish all night and not catch anything. Or fish all day and not catch anything. All right, Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God... He stood by the lake of Gennesaret. So as the Lord came down, he had a multitude of people following him. And they pressed upon him. There were so many people everywhere he went attracted to him. There were so many people attracted to him that at times it, it, would, it would weary him. I mean, he, he was a man just like us. He was a human being. He got tired. And they pressed upon him because they wanted to hear more about him. Here was this man who, at 12 years old, was uh, in the assembly and learning and teaching, and they were all amazed, the religious leaders, uh, that they were amazed at his knowledge,
1: yet they still didn't recognize
2: him. And this multitude was pressing upon him to hear more about him, to hear more about the scriptures To hear more of the gospel of Jesus Christ.
1: We don't have a lot of
2: pressure today for us to preach the gospel, do we? Not from people. As he did. No one has ever preached the gospel of Jesus Christ as he did. He preached with power to save. He preached with Perfect knowledge. He didn't have doubts about the Word of God. He didn't go through and pick out places that he liked and places that he didn't like. No, it was all perfect as he was all perfect. Oh, to sit under his teaching. It must have been awesome. There were times when he spoke and the crowds fell back just from the power of his voice. He's powerful today. And he speaks through old redneck fishermen like me. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. He picked me for a reason. It's like Brother Chuck was talking about earlier. He picked me because of who I am. He picked me to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ because it would be obvious that it didn't come from myself and who I am. It would be obvious that it had to be God to preach the true gospel of Jesus Christ where he gets all the power, where it's recognized that he has all authority over all of us, all the time. That's not a natural thing to think or believe or to live under the knowledge of that he really is in control what it must have been like to listen to him preach the gospel of himself powerful powerful voice and so he granted their desire to hear spiritual things he granted their desire to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ In verse 2, he saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. So he got in the boat, the fishing boat, obviously, a net boat, and he had him cast out a little ways from the land so that he wasn't in the crowds. He was apart from the crowd but close enough for all of them to hear him and he taught them from the ship. He preached to them the gospel again of himself. The gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what they wanted to hear. They had a burning desire to follow him and to hear what he had to say. That desire is extremely strong in the presence of Jesus Christ. That affinity, that wanting to be close, that drawing, we come here together and worship Him in His presence. It draws us back here over and over, doesn't it? It does. Why? Because that desire to learn more about Him is strong in his presence. You have it in your mind and heart, the desire to know more about him. Why? Because he lives there. He lives in your heart. When God saves us, he puts his, put his Holy Spirit in us, doesn't he? He really does. He really does. That's why you love him. That's why you recognize your need for him. Because he's with you. You're not by yourself. We feel that way a lot of times, don't we? It's just me against the world. It feels that way sometimes, doesn't it? But it's not. You see, it's our perspective that's gotten skewed a little bit. It's gotten a little off track because of other things that would draw us away from God. Other things in the world and that's what they do. They change our perspective. They cloud our vision so that we forget that he's right here. He's right here. And you know what? He has designed and made and I know it's, it's a little difficult talking about spiritual things, spiritual yokes, but he has designed a yoke for you and him. And that's a fact. What does a yoke do? Well, it allows someone to pull a load, doesn't it? It does. We need to realize more that we're not pulling the load by ourselves. We may seem overwhelmed with the problems we have to deal with every day. People that we love and and want to do for every day. But you're not by yourself. The Lord is there. The Lord gives you strength. He has designed this life for you. So verse 3, we read that he entered into one of the ships that was Simon's and prayed him that he would thrust out a little bit from the land. He sat down. And by the way, that was a custom back then too. He sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Verse 4, now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, whose boat he was in, and I feel sure Simon was in the boat with him, he said, launch it, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drop, for a catch. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we've towed all night and have taken nothing.
0: <clears throat>
2: in other words, in his sight, there weren't any fish out there. Why are we going to go to all this trouble? There's no fish out there. We've already proven that to ourselves. We spent all night dragging the nets. We caught nothing. They were worn out. They had fished all night. They had given up. Then he says, Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. In other words, I trust in you. If you say, let down the net, okay. I don't think we're going to catch anything. But, (laughs) we'll try.
1: And when they had this
2: done, they enclosed a great multitude of fish. And their net break. It was so full and so heavy. The net wasn't designed maybe for that many fish. And they beckoned under their partners which were in the other ship that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. Alright. There are many lessons here. But we're pretty much going to be scratching the surface uh, this morning. But one of them is, let's notice that in verse 2, the fishermen were washing their nets. The nets were dirty, probably had seaweed, whatever in that particular body of water they would get along with the fish, or without the fish in this case. They were washing their nets, they were preparing the nets. Well, we know, because we've already read, that Lord... The Lord told them not to fear, because from now on, henceforth, thou shalt catch men. So we know that he's talking about them, and he told them before when he first went down and found them, uh, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they did. They dropped everything and followed him. So they were preparing
1: their nets
2: by washing them. They were getting them cleaned up and ready to go for the next time. That's something that we have to do. We have to prepare the nets to catch men, what the Lord called it. He said, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. So what do we prepare? We prepare the word of God. We prepare the gospel to be presented to those who haven't heard it, to those who don't know it. And to those who know it and love it and need it. That's what we do. We prepare it. They were washing their nets. Reminds us of, uh, over in Ephesians 6, we have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Same concept. Same idea. We're ready. So that when we are standing in the line at the grocery store or somewhere, we already know what needs to be said to someone that we're talking to. Other than, sure, it's cold outside. We're preparing our minds and hearts to share the Lord with others. It's the commission of this church, isn't it? Absolutely. And we are spreading the gospel throughout the world through the internet, praise God. So they launched out into the deep, verse 4. They did let down the nets. And they did fill both boats with fish. What was the difference? They had already fished all night and didn't catch anything. They were convinced that there were no fish there. They were probably depressed. I mean, that's, that's hard work. It's hard work. And they didn't catch anything the difference was who was in the boat that's the difference the lord the creator of all things was in that boat and he was directing the throwing of the nets he was directing the place i wouldn't think they were too far offshore because they beckoned to their partners to come help them God was in control Simon trusted in him when he said nevertheless even though I'm convinced there are no fish out there at your word I'll let down the net sometimes it seems as we preach the gospel that we don't physically see a lot of people being saved and we don't get discouraged. Why? Because we know that God is in the boat. We know that God is present in the preaching of His gospel. We know that it's His will be done. We know by His promise, He don't lie. We know by His promise that His word will not what, return to Him empty, fruitless. He saves. And he saves according to his perfect plan and will. We don't know who is who, do we? No. That's why we uh, seek to fulfill this commission to preach the gospel to all creatures. Everybody everywhere. God was in the boat, you see. It was Simon Peter's boat, but it was God's plan It's your life, but it's God's plan for your life. Is God in your life? Is Jesus in your heart? Now, let me tell you success will be yours through Him. He's a great Savior, he? he has all power in heaven and in earth. He taught the gospel of himself with great power. Saving power. Yet everyone didn't believe. Why is that? Well, all things work to good for those who love the Lord. Those that are be called according to his purpose. see, We know By the word of God that all will not be saved. All will not believe. Wide is the gate that goes to destruction. But narrow is the way to righteousness. We don't let that depress us because we know God's in control. How many people do you think he destroyed when he saved eight souls in the ark? It wasn't 20 or 30, let me tell you. There were a lot of people on earth at that time. There were a lot of people on earth at that time. That's a pretty low percentage. Eight souls out of all the people that were on earth. But it was God's plan. God is going to cleanse this earth again. I believe He's going to take us
1: out of here and
2: soon.
0: I do believe that He's going
2: to uh, come and get His people before the great tribulation. That's what I believe. It doesn't mean we're not going to go through tribulation. He already told us, even in that day. He said, in the world you will have you will have problems you will have trouble but be happy the end I have already determined you see I have overcome the world Praise praise the Lord so Simon obeyed him and did what he was told and God profited him tremendously. Both ships were full. And began to sink. Began to sink. But they didn't sink. Why didn't they sink? Again, God was there. He was working out his perfect plan. He was given a perfect example of how we should trust in him. Have the nets prepared. And put them out. Put the gospel out there. Who brought the fish in the net? He did. Who brings souls into the fold? He does. We could have all kind of uh, events and things to draw people in. None of those things will save their souls. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way. Let's turn to John chapter 6. John chapter 6, not too far away. Verse 28. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God that you believe on him whom he has sent. Yet at thy word, Lord, I'll let down the net. Even though I may not have confidence that I'm going to catch anything, even though I may feel like uh, nothing's going to happen, I trust in you. Even though, Even so, Lord, at thy word, I will believe in you. This is the work of God, that you believe on him, who he hath sent. In verse 35, Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. There were a lot of people got fed from that miracle. A lot of people. Both boats about to sink full of fish. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. Now notice verse 37. But all that the Father giveth me shall come to me.
0: He's not going to miss
2: a one. Not one. And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. No way. You're secure when you trust in Him. You're secure in Him. He says, For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of Him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which He hath given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of Him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on Him may have everlasting life and I will raise him up at the last day. Mm -hmm. Believe in him. Mm -hmm. Trust in him. He is in control of the harvest. And yes, if we could see we, spiritually, we would see that the fields are white with harvest. God knows every one of His children. It is our responsibility, and it is our wonderful blessing and privilege to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with everyone. Everyone. I feel bad a lot of times because I don't when I should. And I look back on my day and I go, right there. I missed that. I missed that one. Why didn't I trust the Lord and let down the net? Oh, that the Lord will help us to be strong in Him. And I know that He will.